Hello, this is Black Country Blokes chewing the fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. Abin, yeah, it's the Black Country Bloke, chewing the fat about everything it is, mental health, disability, and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, Lee Cadman, and my dad, Bob Dillon. You may recognise him from, he's been on several times now, but the first time we've had him here in the studio. So cheers, Dad, for coming on. No problem, mate. Really looking forward to it. Every time I go on Zoom, I, uh, my, the curse of the Dillons follows me. So, <laughs> <laughs> really looking forward to it. And we say tonight about achieving dreams. And sometimes we, we set these dreams, but we either set them too low. <clears throat> we set them, well, I don't think we can set them too high. But I, and sometimes, through love, mainly we're talking off airs, sometimes we, our dreams change and they should change through love because we, how many people have they set a dream as a child and then they actually want to do that with the rest of their life? And I think your dreams, your ambitions should be changing through life. What do you think, Dad? I think you're 100% right. I mean, uh, through seeing Emily, a good friend uh, who, who, who does therapy and whatever, uh, it's, 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 it's like lit things back up in my mind. It's a bit like... Um, when you get to a pictures and you're watching the film and, and you see something where it goes back in time and lights come on in your head. Setting goals is the most natural thing in the world. But what we do is the most unnatural thing. We tend to be pressurised or we pressurise ourselves in not to enjoy the success of achieving them goals. And the other thing that we tend to do as a tribe of people we set them too high. Now, I can remember 100 years ago when I left school at 15, people wanted to become glass blowers, people wanted to become glass makers, people wanted to work in the brickyard and, and get on. And that was great. But now everybody wants to work on YouTube and you've got to have reasonable goals. And when you've reached that goal, you've got to enjoy it. I have a lot of people at GB, great, you know, we're at the oyster, you know, uh, uh, end of the sport, where they'll go and win a tournament, and it's very fashionable now to say, yeah, yeah, I won that gold, and um, I won me three bouts, and um, but I had a bad round, I had half a bad round, and you know what? And they go, I had half a bad, round. and I think that's a shame because that's society now. Yeah, everyone's either too critical of themselves, or yeah, they, they don't enjoy the wins, and I think Tyson Fury. So is the is it the paradise paradox where you achieve your goal and then you don't know what to do afterwards? It's like we've we've got the world championship, we've got the job, we've got the wife, we've got the car, and then well, what do I do next? So I haven't had a plan for after my dream. Again, like it, it was great to dream back when I was a young man, but like if you wanted a new car, you had to go and work ever so hard. And your dream was, I'm going to say, X amount of money to go and buy that car. All of a sudden, you know, people went, oh, I want a new car. I'll just go to the bank and get a loan. Yeah. Even when people hadn't, it's changed now a little bit. But even though people hadn't got a job and whatever, they could just go and get a loan. So it's become fashionable to um, not enjoy what you succeed. I mean, my biggest success 
is staying married to me best mate. Probably Julie's as big as success. I often hear Julie saying, Oh dear Lord God, what have I done to deserve it? <laughs> right. So yeah, you could be right. Um, <laughs> uh, but but stopping in the job, being able to stop in the job or stop in employment. Um, but everybody's conditioned programmed to want something which is excellence what do you call excellence somebody's gone and boxed three threes and they've done brilliantly and they've won every round and then you get some smart arse will turn and say yeah but you got it twice or you get somebody they go out there um uh, our richard's beloved uh, wolves they go out there and they beat liverpool two one and somebody says ah well you know, you've got out of jail there when that block should have been sent off. Nobody seems to want to enjoy what what they've succeeded in doing. Do you know where I'm coming from? Well, do you remember when we used to go into the schools all them years ago and uh -huh. we'd be there in Pensnet School or wherever, or Ellos, Earls, and all these. And you give a kid a certificate, student one, two, three, four, fours, back, Spot left, front, and it would be, Bob, Kev, can I have this in assembly? Can, can everyone see often and nowadays he thought Fuck, i'll give it here don't tell anyone yeah i'll break it up i'll be i've been arrested everyone can know about that but i've done yeah. something good yeah. yeah i'm ashamed of and that i don't know if that's a cultural thing or if it's... well I'll, i'll remember that happening and that was really that's good that's good to remember that bud because i remember like when we first started with the lions i mean we left Wally because we was basically forced out by a, a guy called brian uh, loveridge John Lovett, Brian Lovett. Anyway, doesn't matter. So the Wally ended up moving to Pensit, and that's why we called it the Lions. We called it Lion, uh, Wally Lions Boxing Club. Anyway, when we, we was outside, and there's that many of them, we had to like do a form of like karate, which was lots of shadow boxing up and down the room, one, two, three, four. And that's when I designed that um, level one, two, three, four that uh, other people have gone on and used, you know, Q Shillingford, great guy, nice coach and whatever. And they've all used it, which is good. But I remember when we used to give the level one out, which was for movement, which is for me the most important part of learning to box, the same as a level one is the most important part of learning to coach. <laughs> Get your first one to put you on your way. You were, uh, and, and, and we give them out at um, a pension in, in the pension school, Kev. And the, the, we, we used to get the head guy, if you remember, who was in charge of the, uh, the and they'd come down, had the photographs taken, and every time level one was done, two or three was done, it was in the local newspapers, if you remember, yeah, the free right. newspapers. Not we hadn't organized that, but everybody's wow, great. The prices who went on to become national champions, and Carl Spencer, and all of these from different schools. And then me and Kev saw, like, we'd get there and we'd say to the teacher, right, we've got all these, we've had these 20-odd in, like you say, from Lisa's, from Ellos, from from wherever our school was in, and they'd say, right, I've got them all here, uh, the 30 kids, level one, and they'd go, uh, the kids don't want them in assembly because the other kids will take the mickey out of them. So, really speaking, it's gone from anything that you did that you achieved was in the local paper and it was greatness to nobody wants to know that because they was frightened of having the piss ripped out of them or they was frightened of being too um too happy. And I think there's a hard drama. No, I mean, it's no, a thing between being confident and you know what I'm, I'm not off bad. You know I, I I'm 
to being arrogant, I don't think. Is it a British thing where you think someone's uh, arrogant by going, you know what, I've, I've, I've won this certificate, I've, I've done well. I, they haven't just given me for just turning up. But I've turned up, I've tried my best, and I've got something. Or maybe it's down to what Bob was saying earlier about people achieving that goal but not appreciating it because they lost two rounds. Yeah. Maybe it's the same. They don't want to yeah. show it because they feel like they've still failed because mm. they lost. Well, it's fashionable. I mean, I'm very lucky. I've earned my luck to be in the position I am. But when you talk to um, people that have gone on uh, to fight for world championships, and win uh, Olympic gold medals. It's really fashionable to slaughter them. I remember that when I was in London Olympics and uh, Josh goes out and beats the Italian and it was, you know, could have gone either way. And when it was looked back and they did the counts of the punches and that, it showed that he had clearly won. But I'll be honest, I was one of them who was all there with bated breath. Um, Anywhere else in the world, whoever gets to the final, if that country was basically guaranteed a win unless the yeah, opponent is destroyed. Um, the amount of emails and texts that I had, which was, oh, got out of jail there. I didn't get one text of all the people I had been with. If all the people I had been with uh, for I don't know, 30 years in amateur boxing to say, Oh, brilliant, well done. But I know if that had been Wales, mm. Scotland, Ireland, who I'm so proud. The people, don't they? Oh, they're so proud of what I mean. It makes me proud to have their blood in me, you know, to have Welsh, Irish and Scottish blood in me. Um, that that uh, and, and there was people, you know, um, that was on the, sending me texts every day one of our lads got beat. Oh, he won't watch cop, was he? People that I know now, you know, and I'm not going to mention who they are because they should hang their heads in shame. And I can imagine if they're listening to this, they might be on the city. Oh, don't name me, don't name me. But, and then the last Olympics, um, I picked a go to that and then COVID struck and, 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 and injuries to me back and that didn't go. We had uh, six medals, which blew away. We've, we've beat Russia. We've beaten Russia. Um, up there with Cuba, we've beaten Russia. We've got six medals, two goals. Bloody hell! Do you know I never got one WhatsApp, one text, one email? Because the people at home who come and gripe over everything um, would rather you fail. And I'm afraid that's an English thing. And I, and I refuse. If anybody says to me, you know, oh, it's a British thing. I think we can go and take a big lesson out of Scotland, Wales and Ireland because we've just had the Irish team over and um, the Irish are fantastic. The, the humour, the the way that they fight for each other. You go somewhere, mate, and, and go to anywhere where there's an Irish boxer boxing and you've got that bloody song that drives you mad. And then you go to Scotland and you fight against Scotland. You know, you've got the Josh Taylor, who's what a fighter, and, and Liam McGregor. You watch them, and it can be a real close competition. You can go, oh, he's lost that. They get a win. Ah, whoa, I'm up. I don't know what's happened to this country. I, do we blame the press? Well, the press only sell papers if people buy them. 
But can I ask you, Bob? So obviously you you deal with a lot of people who are chasing their dreams, don't you? Your your job is basically helping these people achieve their their dreams. What do you think is the difference between the people that do and the people that don't? So speaking to Kev before we come on air, and I was saying, well, basically I've seen people achieve the dreams. I've seen people next to them who work just as hard, who get up at the same time in the morning and are out on the road running, doing everything the same or better, but they don't quite get there. What yeah. do you think is the actual difference between them? I think it's a mixture, Lee. I think it's a mixture. Um, I really do. I mean, I could come up with some little cliches, you know, and, well, you know, you, what's talent? As um, our SNC at work used to say, Mark Campbell, well, what is talent? Well, talent's a mixture. Talent's uh, sometimes you get somebody who's like a Sugar Ray Leonard, Strike Muhammad Ali who's got all the ability and the grit and everything. And you get somebody else who's hasn't really got that much ability, but he's got more grit and want than anybody else. Like, you know, Anthony Cowler was very, very talented as a kid. So that's wrong to use him. It's a mixture. It's, it's just something about people, the amount of people, and I don't want to mention young boxers that have had so much ability, but, when something went wrong, they'd just go eyeball and miss. And, and then we've had other boxers who've had very little ability and they've, they've achieved more than the ones that have got ability. So I think it's a mixture. It's a mixture of uh, determination, robustness, robustness being somebody that will get on with it, the mental part of it, as well as the physical part, as well as having a great big dollop of, um, of talent. And that's, not really an answer I've given yet because that's as close as I can get it. I think what just made him though, some people have got and look and look. I think some people have got this whatever your belief is, God or whatever has put something in certain people. But I've known so many talented people who lack that discipline, who can't walk past the Mars bar without eating it, or they know they've got more ability than anyone in the room, but they don't train. As hard as in the room. That's, I think that's where it becomes the curse, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'm already what, better than these people, so yeah. do I really need to train? Shall I tell you what I think as well? Yeah, I think you're all right. I think I don't think anybody, anybody's wrong with this. But I think being an ex-boxer and being guilty of quite a few things is when the boxer doesn't walk by that chip shop or that boxer struggles at that weight or that boxer doesn't quite do the road work. I think that's that's that boxer's already got an excuse for any loses. Mm. You know, um, funny you say that someone's just brought up a um, someone's just commented on LinkedIn, Raj, saying fear prevents people from reaching their dreams, the fear of failure, people who don't believe in themselves because they are unable to see their own self worth. It also helps to have encouragement, and not everyone has that. Very true, very true. Because as we're saying, and, uh, and that that wise it up. That's people's way of like, um, well, I didn't get my road working. It's like, it's like when we go to a tournament and they've just been to the world, God bless them. Um, and you know, those that are going to struggle is those that all of a sudden the draw comes the day before or a couple of days before. And uh, you know, the ones that aren't going to do very well are those that get on Facebook or Twitter and put, oh, I've had a nightmare draw. I'm already boxing against a bloke who who uh, boxed in the Olympics in Rio and won a silver. Well, that's kind of like five years ago that that guy reached his pinnacle. Oh, and I'm boxing him. 
um, that's that's already because I'm big into this in in coaching. Um, that's for, he's got that doubt already. You know, that already, he's mm. got the excuse, mm. and that's that's the thing that happens with the boxer that doesn't do the white right. That's the one that's mega talented. Um, who comes into the gym and says to you every day, like I've got flu. But didn't Joe Kalzak, you said in his autobiography, like, saying, every fight I ever had, I had a tummy ache, I, my hand was hurting, mm -hmm. I had an ear. He goes, because, as you said then, it was my way out. And he goes, but as soon as I realised, it doesn't matter if my hand's hurting, it doesn't, he goes, I think he was undefeated, wasn't he, and then he was an exceptional talent. But as, I think, if I allow myself, oh, well, uh, my daughter kept me up all night, that, that's just, in and it's, it's, not the fear, and Richie Woodall, a very good friend of yours, come on, he said, I was never frightened of any man I go in the ring with. I was frightened of him beating me in the first round or humiliating me. It, was, it wasn't the fear of the man. It was the fear of the failing. And all this way. relates to everything. Not, everything. It's not just about boxing, is it? I mean, we Job speak about boxing and... just because that's what we're all in and around. Of, yeah. yeah. But if but, you look at a woman or a partner and say, uh, they, they won't go out with me or I'm going to go for a job, but they're never going to ask me. If we go into that situation with that doubt, we, 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 we're processing the loss before we've yeah. gone for the win. I think I think it's right. It's, it's a, a bit of that doubt and it's a bit of that giving your excuse if you do, if you don't achieve that target. Hmm. I think it's both, isn't it? It gives you it gives you yeah, doubt, and, 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 but it also puts a doubt within you. And I think when we speak and that person that came on and, and rightly said that is, that's when somebody is that's the weakness part of it using that analogy what Kevin says like if you left your house when you were like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 or whatever age and you went out and you was like right I'm going out on the pool I'm going out on the pool and I'm going to do this down the other by the time you got to the club or the pub or wherever you were you didn't have to pull because you'd put pressure on you from from the time you got up and you got back, you cleaned your teeth and you put your aftershave on and off you went with your your eye karate and your, your denim on and you go <laughs> off and you'd you know you, you you'd be thinking of lines to chat somebody up and nine times out of ten it'd be it'd go tits up literally tits up like no good there but if you went out with your mate or mates but usually mates and you just went out and you was having the crack and that female. Because you was laughing that hard with your mate, they'd be looking over and then blah, blah, blah. So that's like chemistry and that self-belief within. When we put ourselves under pressure to get that job, put ourselves under pressure to get that award. I mean, I'm at the highest I can get in amateur boxing, not just in this country, but the world. Um, to hard work, bloody-mindedness and selfishness, putting myself first. But if they was to say to me, tomorrow you've got to go and uh, redo your level two boxing course, I can guarantee you my stomach could be rolling over from now till I've done the course. Because of the way I was brought through education, right? The way I was brought through and the way that it was, it was an habit that if you kept telling yourself you failed when you won, it was against, because I'd have all the excuses lined up. And that's what happens in life, whether it's boxing, whether I know really good golfers that will never go on to the next level, but they can still hit a ball like you see on the telly 300 yards. They can still put a from, from 40 yards. They can do everything, but 
people that succeed in life have just got all the right materials in the right place. Mm. We've all got the right materials. It's just that sometimes we've got the roof on the ground and the ground on the roof. I think it's different for everyone. Is it like like Kev mentioned, Joe Kawasaki had pretty much put it in his head that he was injured before or something was happening before he went into every fight. But actually that probably geared him up to win that fight because he gave him fear. He, you, he, ah, but what he did is what... The, the Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali and, um, and and George Foreman and and Sugar Allen and all that they they took the fear and used it to propel them up. Look at the Joe Kalzaki fights. How did he keep that pace up? Because that wasn't human. Mm-hmm. That was not human. He took the biggest drug in life called adrenaline that comes from within, and even though he convinced. Well, he had got bad hands. Everybody yeah. knows he used to have to be water bags and he and he, he hit with the inside of the glove and he hit incorrectly and blah blah blah. And it's all right, people saying, well, he was never taught. Well, he was taught how to punch correctly well, because you, you don't win what he does. It's just a baboo, it's just that his hands hurt that much that he couldn't punch properly. He had to adapt. So he used to punch through the paint. And when the more you the more you read about that man, you know, come from a very, very, very little place in Wales. Not many Welsh people liked him. The Welsh boxing team didn't like him. It's a known fact that they all used to wish he'd lose because he'd got that. They said it was arrogance, but I never met him. But I would like to think that was confidence. Mm-hmm. See, you get somebody like, somebody who, who in my eyes is just a phenomenal human being, AJ. Mm-hmm. Ron McCracken will often tell the story. Now, listen, you're going to the world's what do I want to wear? He says, oh, I've got a Cuban. Oh, I've got a Russian. Oh, I've got a Kazakh. Oh, I've got I've got somebody from Mars and he's got 15 legs and one. Th-. AJ would walk in to the uh, to the team brief um, and he'd sit down and they go, and the draw is, um, Lee Pullen, you've got a Croatian. Uh, uh, Kevin Dillon, uh, you've got a Russian. Oh, um uh, Bob Dylan, you 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 you've you've got a, a an army. Oh, we don't know nothing about him. Uh, Josh, you've got the number one Cuban. You go, oh, okay then. Is that it? Yeah, okay. I'll see you after. I'm gonna have something to eat. In his mindset, he'd go off and have his dinner and do everything he can because he's got to meet the Cuban sometime. Mm. If he, he missed the Cuban, do what he can do Babel, to himself. Yeah, right? you know, I've got to meet the Cuban sometime, so I'll meet him on the first day or the last day, and that's what he did. Um, but but having said that, the other down thing with Josh is that he can be there and he can be really training well with people like Rob McCracken, who's trained world champions and whatever. And Rob can say, right, you you've got it on now. You're perfect. You're right where we need you. And then some Joey, who's never been anything knows anything about boxing but calls herself a coach, can say, oh, I think you've got thin legs. And they'll say to Rob, what do I need to build my legs up? Well, there's nothing wrong with his legs. He hasn't got thin legs. He's the perfect male specimen. <laughs> I mean, I'll stand by him and feel like, mm, what have I done to this male, <laughs> male body? You know what I mean? That's I'm, interesting because that show you had someone like Joshua we look up to and go, my God, like, yeah. can you, can you, can you get any more chiseled? And, no, perfection. And, and actually someone can play. Plant that little on Facebook. That little seed of doubt in his on head Facebook. And... Somebody can say on Facebook that he doesn't even know. Mm. Yeah, but you've got thin legs. 
And instead of putting back and going, yeah, but I got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And I got a lot of girlfriends. But, and but I think that's, title. Yeah. I think that's the human condition, isn't it? But is it you brilliant? don't expect it no, from someone. But, you know. but it's gorgeous or it's brilliant. The number one boxer. But we don't think of him being a human being with feelings. And, you know, I mean, and it's like with whoever, like Pamela Anderson. Oh, well, I think you. And you think she was one of the most beautiful women back in. And we forget that that person, Muhammad Ali, and Stick him with the goth, or uh, uh, David Beckham, no matter who, the top of their field, good-looking, nice, kind, lovely people, and then someone will say something, and it can rock their whole world. And once again, that goes into mental health. Yeah. And we, but we don't think the top of the tree suffering from these nitty-pitty things. And that's not even being trolled, is it? That's like... You, if you like someone, if someone said that to you, Lee, who's is water of a duck's back, but someone else, you could think, Look, you've just rocked my world. Mm. Let me tell you what I think has screwed our society jealousy, mm. utter and total envy, however you want to describe that emotion. What's that? Why, why are you the working class person? I'm not going to go down politics, but what's that with the working class person? Once upon a time, everybody lived in a council house or everybody lived in their house. It doesn't matter how own house, council house. I don't know what you said. They all live in an house and then somebody go went and had a car. And everybody went, oh, that's a nice car. And he's that car to get to work or back or he's got a good job. And, and that was it. That was it. And then something happened in society. Whereas, oh, he's got a nice car. I better get me one, but I better get one better than that. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's got a nice job. Look at that job he's got. Well, and, and, and he's affording that. We better go to work rather than one of us kill it. It's envy. And that's what's gone wrong with, like, in my game, I'm in sport. But I watch people. I watch people in politics, in, in life, in actors and actresses. Uh, these young, beautiful, beautiful young people that are pop, st pop stars, or television stars, and they're so handsome and so beautiful. And then they get dragged down because you get all these um, cowardly, ugly people. They're, um, and they must be ugly on the inside. And that always comes out where they are, ah, but you've got big lips. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, but you one eye is bluer than the other. Oh, I bet, I bet nobody would sleep with you. Uh, the only, uh, and then the venom that comes out because the jealousy and the envy comes out because they have set up a system where these cowardly people, because that's what they are, cowardly, envious people can vent their frustration of being nothing and nobody behind a blanket. Well, I think the key is there, Bob. Like you're gonna get jealous people, and and that's kind of is what it is. Is how you react to those. So, like in my experience, I achieved quite a lot when I was younger, quickly through working harder. You know, yeah, I end up yeah, running two pubs, yeah. whatever. And I had that jealous, those jealous people. Oh, well, you know, it's it's all luck or whatever, or whatever they want to say. And I used to think, well, you know what, you you're jealous for a reason. I've achieved it here, so I'm not gonna let you bother me because. I can see what it is. Yeah. I've had it actually twice with where I've been in the sauna once and someone's mentioned we've been talking. So, oh, box up the line years ago. This is, oh, um, oh, I used to know Bob. Um, oh, he just carries the water for Team GB. And I just laughed. I just thought you just don't, mm. even if he did, yeah. Yeah. even if that say? was his job, yeah. Yeah. it's just jealousy. And I just think, even if that's his job, he's yeah. doing better than you. Yeah. But, but you see, sorry, Kev, but you see, 
that part of your makeup, which is your strength. Mm. You said something to Kevin on one of the shows. I don't give anybody mind that perhaps they're all at me and sticks their fingers up or whatever, who've cut up and whatever, mm. even though they've done the wrong and they're making the blind at me because the only person who's going to upset is you. Mm. And you said, that's the only person who's going to upset is me. Whereas me, I'm hanging out the car and then I'm rowing for two days and I'm punching the pillar and Julie's saying, for the love of God, <laughs> just go out and find the person and kill them. <laughs> oh, the they leave me sleep. But that's why we're all individuals, you see. Yeah. That's and that's the beauty of mankind on this working against us because we've given a shield for cowardice to say so somebody like you the strong like that for somebody like me that would get hurt by it. I remember um sitting in a meeting over Wolverhampton the one day and uh, and whoever if they're listening they'll know who they are. Um and we 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 sat there the one day and I'm talking about stuff and I'm just in the world now I'm thinking just just tell me when we're boxing this championship. And this coach turned around and said, uh, yeah, I know you're a level four coach, but I know you've been with England and you've trained with Amir Khan. And he rattled all the names off better than I knew. And I, and I just started looking at him thinking, always oh, give me a pain. But that don't make you now better than me, does it? And I looked and I went, um, no. And I got home and I sat down and for my Sunday dinner and I said, Julie, that one. She says, "Well, more for bloody you." And I don't know what you mean. I says, "Well, you're usually quick, quicker witted than that. You should have gone right stop." Actually, Steve, it does because I am, with or without the qualifications, I'm far superior coach than you're ever going to be, uh, and I'm a far better. And I, you know, and I learned from that. So the next time, every time I'm out now, and somebody say, "Oh well, just because you've got your qualifications," I'll say, "Well, no, it's the qualification that makes me great. It's me." But in it for like, and experience. As you, you know what you know what anyone really can go out and get within reason. Anyone well, can go can. out and get qualifications. Well said. Having the experience and the, the well, time served. Well, that's why like, we were just talking about a certain person, Nick. Uh, and we'll just say the first names, and then know they am. Uh, to get a qualification, and then to turn up to make people feel inadequate. I used to love to run coaching courses with Alan from Tamworth uh, and Brian Inkley, and I used to love to turn up, and everybody knew I was to start with, so I don't need to walk around with my DB kit or anything. And me and Alan used to talk about this, and Brian, when the world was a better place, and we would get there and say, right, we've got 32 people on this course. We've got to try and get 32 across the line. If there's somebody at the end of it that isn't good enough, then we can't be passing them because that's going to hurt some child or somebody. But we've got to try and get them through. So we took great delight. In their success. In their success. And then being at the shower, and I'll be watching somebody, somebody come and go, oh, Bob, can I come down to your gym to have a look what I do, what you do with them lines? Now, I know people, coaches, that have reached those giddy heights. And me and Alan often talk about it. And they walk in, they go, right, how many can we fail? Mm -hmm. like, what is your problem? Yeah. So you're just using that badge mm. to hurt somebody. In, in truth as well, if you were to actually look at it, if, if you're going in with that attitude and you're failing people, that's your failure because you're mm. teaching them. Yeah. You know, if, if we've kept said it many a times, if 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 he's got a boxer in here and the boxer doesn't understand how to throw a jab, and Kev 
it's Peb's fault because he hasn't found the way of teaching. I think I've butchered that a bit yeah. there, but no, 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 you're, no, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Chris, Sorry, we got a we got a question. If you don't mind, Bob, we've got a couple of couple of comments. I'll bring so Andrew, Adrian, and Andrew. I hope you're well. Um, so he's put. How much has Bob used visualization techniques with his fighters, i.e., imagine the victory and fighting the fight in their heads beforehand? Absolutely loving Bob's philosophy on life. This podcast is gold for young people. Well, well, thank you very you. much. Thank you. Yeah, do you much. use uh... all the while? Yeah, all the while. It's uh, the best saying in the world. It's horses for courses. Um, was that you too? Chalk and cheese, bread and butter. Uh, so you don't need what Kevin needs until I train you and get to know you. That's my success mm. that I go away um, and I'll get Kevin. You can't be giving Kevin too much because he's a lion art and he wants to get in there and go, go and do what he's got to do. So I will sit down and do the video analysis and I will say to Kev, what do you see? And I'll be saying anything. And Kev will tell me what he says. And then I will try and talk to him in his own way. If he does that correctly, the feeling he will have will be beyond words and he'll enjoy that victory. And then with you, because you're the other side, the quiet man, I will do the same thing. I'll sit with you and let you talk your way through the video analysis. But I will go about getting your visualisation in a different way because that's the human being's strength. We've got imagination. And and what I hate about coaching, and me and Kevin speak a lot about it, is you can't have one, one paint colour for everybody. You've got to be able to turn around and you can all have the same styles to assume it, but we've all got different mindsets. Yeah. Do you agree? I think imagination is brilliant. And as children, we encourage it to... Imagine how I'm on uh, uh, Broly Hill Civic or imagine how I'm and you'll see the child visualising shot and he, he's going to throw two shots and he'll go, block, parry, slip, slip. And it, as we grow up, we're almost taught, oh, don't be saft. You are going to box the same way as Prince Nazim or Muhammad Ali or, or the Lions or the Priory or Brooklyn. Instead of just going, all right, you've got your basics in visualise and that, that's where... The boxing computer, the football computer, the artistic computer that lives <coughs> in us yeah. comes alive, and that only comes alive through imagination, doesn't it? Do you think that could turn around into a negative, though? Because if you're in a negative mindset and you're trying to visualise a fight, could you see? Could you then visualise yourself losing that fight? And again, we're talking about fights, again. aren't we? But yeah. it, it goes across. But, like, it, but it can be like um, as I explain this. Right, you get five or six ponies. Yeah. And you get them ponies in the paddock. They're not all the same. You've got some that are in bolters. You've got some that are skittish. You've got some that are just laid back. You know, it's like, yo, what's your problem, bro? Just put a saddle on and ride me. <laughs> and that's the human being. And that's where we go wrong. My biggest thing that I love doing uh, is in the Lions gym. Like I did at Warley. And I had me, 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 Timmy Brobridges, me, Gary Evans. I had me, Steve Anleys. I had me, me Kevin Bennett's. Uh, that they all had, and there was all different individuals. So I knew how to warm up individually on the pads. I knew what made them work. Mm. Some like the American jar the jargon. Some like now, come on, bum bum bum. Now what works, Lee? I'm asking you for the second time. What works? Others was like Kevin, like come on, where does the lion live? Come on, are you a Spartan or are you a bloody Arab? 
Come on, get in here. Or you're a shit house or whatever. Let's go. Let's wear that bloody badge with honor. Now, Lee, come on here, mate. Now, you know what works there. Just stick behind that yourself or you were born. You were born awkward. Take that with you. And that's what that's what imagination is. Um, it's what, lighting the fire under that person. Baboom. But you can get that in life, you see. And that's what a bad teacher, a bad gaffer doesn't challenge you. They demoralize you. It's asking a question or a gaffer, a partner is there to bring out the best in you. And so many teachers and gaffers don't do it right. They, they, they set a challenge for you to make you feel like you're going to fail at it before you've even attempted it. And that's the difference between a good coach, teacher, partner who brings out the best in you, isn't it? So, I, I've, I, I've never understood. And I got to be grave confused over. If somebody gives you a great, a great performance, whether it's in work, that every day he, she, they turn up, or in the ring, which is all I, that which has been my life, if they've given me a hundred and ten percent, which is not possible because it's a hundred percent. If they've gone there and given a great performance, but on the day been beaten by a better person. I, I I used to be so proud of him in the car coming back mm -hmm. and I would keep on about it and on about it and on about it. Whereas I've been with international coaches, um, the best, I've worked with the best international coaches and certain ones will just go into a tantrum and say, why are you, and then pull me at the, uh, when we got off the couch, what are you doing? I'm going, what do you mean? What am I doing? Because I am what I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I don't take a lot to kick off. And I go, what do you mean? What am I doing? You're going on at him or her. And you're, you're saying how proud you were? I said, well, they gave 110%. Yeah, but they lost. And I used to think, you you lack imagination. Mm -hmm. You lack passion because you've learned to coach by painting by numbers. Yeah. Whereas you should learn to coach by feeling that fire from within. Feeling that fire from within, you know. Like, I remember teaching Kevin to golf. And the, the amount of excitement they had. And we went off to America and we played golf a couple of times. Me and Kevin, I'd show him where the ball was and I taught him how to set up and hit the ball. And there was no frustration. It was just a glow from within, you know, it was like, it was like somebody lit the boiler that me and, and I, but I get that with all children, with all students. So we have a, a couple more comments that I want to read yeah. out. Sorry. Uh, I can't read that. I'll put them up. Don't no, you worry, Bob. So Gary Evans. Oh, God, uh, Gary. <laughs> how you doing, bro? <laughs> So Bob was the Bob what trainer? So um, just let me read that out first. I think you might have spelled something <laughs> a bit wrong there. So be butchering it a lot. <laughs> He's my mate, Gary. I think what he what what, what um, Gary's meant to say is Bob, what a trainer, best in the business. Love my time working with him. Give me a shout out, guys. Oh, God love you, gal. Thank you very much for the kind words, um, mate. And we Top also, class person. So this is going back in the conversation a bit here. Where's my mouse gone? Disappeared. There we go. No, the mouse stopped working. Apologies. Oh, Bear with me. We're the back. Rock's gone on strike. We're back. There we go. So, Raj again. Raj, thank you again for commenting Hello, in. Um, this is going back a bit on our conversation. So I didn't want to interrupt it while it was flowing, but it's a very good point, so I'm going to read it out. Uh, we as a society have got so, so comfortable bringing each other down as opposed to lifting one another up. That is well said, Bob. The way to overcome jealousy is to is keeping control of your reaction and action. People want us to react. However, that's giving them the control. Not reacting shows 
shows you control your reaction and people can't push your button so easily. However, I understand that that is easier said than done. Such a great conversation, guys. And that's oh. that was basically what you said. And that's the difference between me and you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Where you you you've got the ability to turn around and say, "Well, that person's an arsehole." Go and enjoy your day, ruining somebody else's life. You're not going to ruin mine, so you failed. But but you see, because of what we've got, the system that we've got now, we are allowing cowards. Cowards. There's somebody that we know that um, Simon something that went on some like Twitter or whatever, and came out with abusive racial abuse to the West Bromwich Albion footballers. I don't know that person. And I honestly wouldn't have thought butter would have melted in his mouth. But he's shown himself to be the biggest coward. Biggest. And that's what's wrong with life. Not being a warrior and jumping over a wall to shoot somebody or to run into an house to uh, to, to drag the child out. That's beyond. That's beyond. But to be brave is to turn around and say to somebody like him, don't speak to me again. It's not you've done me no harm, mm. but by going on that that um, social media, social yeah. media, thank you, Lee, and saying those vile things about those footballers who you don't know, who you don't know, who've gone on and 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 gone through so much to succeed because you don't get to the top in anything without your sacrifices. To use the greatest tool, which is called ignorance. To say such horrid things that have upset people, racist remarks, uh, and he's been found out. And so, when I do see him, which will be a matter of time that I bump into him, whatever, I'll just give him a look of utter and total disgust. And that's why I think that we've got to start doing stuff like this. We've got to start naming and shaming people. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. But I also think the good thing about social media, trying to turn this into positive, you know who these people are. But, uh, but in terms of you know you know what that person is about now so you can make your mind up not when you do see him not to be involved not to baboon, be around baboon, him because eventually baboon. people who have got that attitude and that that hatred that jealousy they'll bring you down as well if you spend enough time but they will him. but but to allow sorry kev i'm going to shut and let you come in but 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 to allow that person to be brave and and, mm. and to spill that if if it can be known that if you do come out with something, I don't mean turn around and say, oh, something silly or whatever, but something as vile as that, then they should be named straight off. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Bob Dylan, uh, our soul of the month, uh, has come on the social media and said that um, that person is a bleep, blop, bleep, blop, dude, what's it? Then I should be named. So uh, when I do want to go for a job or I've got a risk of being sacked at work, because all the people that are black or different religion, uh, let, let them know what he actually thinks. Because he's most probably the cowardly, slimy type that goes and sits down with a black person at work and has a cup of tea with them and, and, and pretends there's nothing wrong. To me, I just think we're allowing... It first came out for me when Warrior first came out. And, I, and, and I've always been a really, really poor with... Uh, with social media, but when Warrior came out, and then you had all these first-class coaches, I worked with a guy called Chris Edmonds, who was such a big influence with me uh, back in the day, who, who helped me to coach and get some stuff over. Uh, he said, if you have a look at these people on uh, Warrior, 
It's not Bob Dylan or Lee Cadman or Kevin Dylan or, or Nicky Cadman or, or, or Julie Marston. Uh, it's um, Top Cat. It's um, King Arthur. It's uh, Spartacus. They was calling themselves. Mm. And then they would come out with Spartacus. I believe that Bob Dylan at Wally, he got those three people through to Tim Broadbridge and so and so, so and so. They were already good boxers when they boxed for uh, Redditch before they went over. And Bob's just uh, flew down, watch it, dingity Bob. Mm. Uh, if you think that, if you honestly think that, why can't you put your name, boys? Back in the day, you used to have phone warriors, didn't you? Who got exactly, buddy. But the pro- I think what I want to say to anyone here who's listening to this, because when you're a child and your parents or your grandparents, whoever, say, ignore them, Lee, they're just jealous, you think it's a lot of bollocks, don't you? Yeah. You're thinking, yeah. You're thinking no, no, they're, they're being horrible, because it must be something to me, and it's not until you get older. And anyone who's listening to this now, and you people were, were jealous because of your looks, for your influence, just because you're more liked than other people. But it's, in the wise words of Lee, and I do listen to Lee a lot, it's how we react to the jealous. Because a lot of stuff in life, it is an actual thing. It's how we react to the thing that makes an influence with us. So if you see it, if you smell it, beware of it. But it's how you react to it. Because jealousy, the green-eyed monster. Well, d- don't just don't destroy your own happiness on yeah. behalf oh, of someone else. Well said. I've been working with a young lady called um, Emily, and she's great. And from Gravy Banana. From Gravy. Oh, mate, she's another level, another level, and you, you know. You... you can actually catch her. Ray, we did a we did a radio show with that, um, but it's out on our podcast. So if you go to our podcast platforms, you'll be able to find it. And that's I can't remember what I titled it, if I'm honest, but. It does have gravy banana in the title. Check, check them all out. Check them all out, that's it. <laughs> all, all, all I'm going to say, I listen to this, I do, I listen to this avidly, and, and you know, and and that that young lady, when I sat down and heard her on here, it, it, it inspired me even more. I was already seeing that and going along. And um, But what it basically comes down to, all my life, I've been trying to, all my heroes have been really out of my reach. And I've been trying to live like that person and that person and that person. And it's hard when people hear, without sounding arrogant, and if I do sound arrogant, unlucky, right? I, I've not loved myself. Mm. I've always tried to aspire to be like Red Steel. Well, Red was phenomenal, but I built my empire on his shoulders. So that meant that I've got more knowledge than him. And and Dennis Jackson, who was another phenomenal coach, mm. um, taught, taught me that, like... But what I'm trying to say is, you you've got to find out who you are, and then enjoy being who you are. And no matter how little my success is, enjoy that success because the amount of things I've achieved, but I've refused to let myself enjoy them. Mm. Mm. I mean, I've gone away like to Macedonia, which is a uh, one of my best mates, Paul Bennett's over there right now, and every time we used to come back as best team. Uh, best boxer, I took Ben Whitaker, just won the silver medal in the Olympics. Uh, Kalal Yafoy, uh, just won the gold medal in the Olympics. I took them all over there and we all come back with goals and year after year we went. But I wasn't allowed. Nobody stopped me other than this bloke called Bob Dylan. Uh, I never allowed myself to bask in that glory. Mm. I, was, I was only a sea tournament. 
And then I went over to other tournaments and done so much. Uh, don't talk about me, talk about one of the other characters because it's wrong to bask in the glory. And through seeing um, this this lovely woman, you you start to realise you've got to start visualising how you want to live life. Mm. I want to be successful. Guess what? I am successful. So the visualisation is visualise how good you are at things. Visualise that tomorrow I'm going to have me another cracking day. Not not turn around and oh I hope I ain't gonna have another bad day and oh I've I've had a good day today but oh I forgot to get the milk or I've had another bad day today but I could have made another thousand pounds. Visualize being grateful of things. Being it? grateful, that's what I was after, Kev. Being grateful for what a great day you've had. You, you know what though? Probably uh, one of my greatest teachers by far has been my daughter, my youngest daughter, because these these things that we consider um, small and not not an achievement, something as simple as opening a drawer, yeah. opening a drawer, we considered uh, we wouldn't consider that yeah. to be an achievement, but actually, to some people, to be able to open that drawer is an absolute massive achievement and it's not it's not until i had my daughter who couldn't do these things that we consider basic but then through determination through willpower through whatever you want to call it i'm not quite sure myself she can now do she's she's now does it does these things you know does and it's these little these little things that we we forget about and any and it doesn't matter what your achievement is does it it doesn't matter that that you've you've won a world title You know, it's yeah. it's fantastic, don't get me wrong, but every person's achievement is relative to the cells. You've, you've stopped smoking. Yeah. You've spot on. You've spot on. We, say it, we say it all the time. <laughs> you got out of bed. You're yeah. suffering d- deep depression and you've got, you've got one foot and then your other foot and you stood up and got out of bed. You brushed your teeth. Yeah. It's yeah. become, this country's become that we look over the pond to America Right, that's we we look over to America to see somebody in America success. When we should be looking to somebody in the black country, we should be looking to a Lee. We should be looking to a Kevin. Like my my heroes are the three most important. Well, is my wife and my two sons. I've got this one here next to me that succeeded in spite of everybody telling him he can't do it. And the only people that ever said to him, "Well, you can if you want," and we used to cry. Me and my wife would cry. With pain, seeing how much it hurt him trying to get with it, but he's done it. Richard, me, me eldest, goes away, lives in India for a bit, lives in Greece for a bit, lives in Canada for a bit, goes to Thailand with another lovely, lovely girl, Michelle, who we'll always love, and their family's fantastic. And he set up an empire in Thailand, and this is the jealousy bit, set up an empire in Thailand and done this and done that and done the other. Everybody was going over and having free holidays. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's thinking he's wonderful. But everybody that he thought was his real friends really loved the fact that it's all gone tits up because of COVID and because no money in Thailand and because of blah, blah, blah. So... Just look, it's, it's like something that used to drive me mad for years. Oh, love yourself. I don't think you've literally got to love yourself, but at least like yourself. Was that enjoy enjoy what you do. What was that pony used to say? I think it's on the wall there. It says, the man, uh, the man in the mirror. If you could look the man in the mirror in the eyes. And just shame. And, it, and, it, it, and it's like when we compare ourselves to your brother or your dad or... It's, 
your achievements from Keller's achievements to my achievements to your achievements are going to be different. And why should we? I will never go and win an Olympic gold medal. I want but find your gold medal in what makes you happy. Well, funny enough, you've said that. Um, Andrew's written a, written a comment again that kind of relates that. So he says, own your own dreams by yeah. taking on someone else's. You will never find the true route to making that dream possible and finding true contentment with it. The dream has to be yours and yours alone. Yes, share it. Get others to help, but make your dream yours. Yeah. You'll also enjoy it more. Yeah. Isn't that right? And, and you know, it's funny, you know, people, every guest we've had on here has had a career officer who's told them you won't do it. I've never met a good one yet. You've had it. I've had it. Lee can't remember it. So that's, how much, um, <laughs> that's, a, that's the impact. <laughs> but why did you get into that job when you you are putting out the flames before they've been? I would love it for someone said to me, because I want to be a journalist. I was aware of all the things I couldn't do, but I want to be a journalist. And here we are on Earth and our radio show podcast. And despite all odds, we're doing it. I wish I'd have had someone to go, you know what, Kev? It is going to be incredibly difficult. Your life, like everyone else's, yours a little bit odd than some, but life is going to be incredibly odd. But if you want it enough, and you try hard enough, you will succeed in it. You might not be the master of empire. You might not be the Joe Rogan of the podcasting world. But if you want it, you can do it. And out of everyone I've heard talk to a careers officer, not one person has said yeah. that. It's going right. to be, why don't you just settle being or why don't you? So if you are that careers officer or if someone in your life comes to you and says, you know what, I want to be a boxer. I want to be a singer. I want to be a gymnast. I want to be a glass blower. Instead of putting out the flame, find a way of lighting it for them. Get, uh, steer them of the obstacles, but let's push them into the right way. Of I often think that, Kev, it's very similar to the situations that I speak about with a lot of people with disabled children, where they, they go to the doctors and the doctor says, oh, your child will never walk. You know, they're not yeah. walking by yeah. four years old. They're never going to walk. And I think some of it is managing people's expectations. Uh, you know, that. I don't think they truly believe what they're saying because they don't actually know. I think it's kind of going, well, actually, if you get used to that idea now that that might not happen, it would save you pain down the road. But as a disabled person having a disability, I remember the people on the tax sector school and some people took that as gospel. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. will yeah. not. And because your parents, I had two brilliant parents, mom and dad, great-grandparents, brother, who said, you know, try, fail, try again. Great. Mm -hmm. And that's why I've succeeded. Yeah. But I've met other people who going, you know, what? I, I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I can't do it, so why bother? And the parents go, well, why encourage Kev to fail? Because every time he fails, it's going to break his heart, and I've got to cheer him up, you know? And I say this to all the babbies, blokes, women, children, and animals up here. Just because you fail does not make you a failure. It's the my, my daughter the other day, so much clever, she takes after my wife, thank God. <laughs> and she's doing a spelling test. So she went, Daddy, I've only got 9 out of 10 today. And I went, oh, never mind. She went, oh, and I went, what was the word? She went, hammer. Now, my six-year-old child can spell better than her daddy, who's now I'm 40. And she went, hammer, when how did you spell it? I went, her at me etra. I went, and how do you spell it? Her at me, me etra. I went, because you got that yeah, wrong, yeah, you unfair. will always remember how yeah. to spell that. And that's the greatest way of learning something. If by getting it wrong, being aware that you've got it wrong, and then putting it right, because you've learned the lesson by failing, you will never fail at that word again. I think as well, Kev, it's, 
we forget how sweet the victory is. Mm. You know, you don't, you, we, you know, we do, we don't want our children to fail. We, mm. as parents, we do not want our children to fail at, at the things that they're passionate about and that. But that failure leads to a sweeter victory. So maybe we have to focus on the end result mm. than focus on what is going on at that moment. Well, let me, let me dive in off there, top board, because you've done it again, you two have. I was the best parent I could be to Richard when he was a young man. But because I didn't like, because of the, the teachers and the education, I always felt second to not. I didn't want Richard to be like me. I wanted him to be better than me. I wanted to be this. So I was, I was what I was. I, I'm a better, I'd be, I'm a better parent now than what I was then mm. because I got more experience. But what we've got to start realizing is as a society, if somebody's goal is just getting out of bed every day and cleaning his teeth and 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 facing work is their greatest achievement, then that is like that is like getting to the top of Snowdonia yeah. and saying and saying like I've achieved it. Don't belittle that where somebody else's goal is to become heavyweight champion of the world because they've both reached their full potential. And we can't all be, we can't all be Spartacus. What we some of us have got to be, you know, we've got to be the trailblazers that get up and light the fire. And we got to, there's nothing wrong with that because what's gone in society when I was a child going to work, going to work, going to school at Bromley Lane, I was the people, brown men getting onto coaches because back in the day they had coaches for people that worked at Round Elk, British Steel, that worked for uh, as bricklayers for Fletchers and all these. Those were heroes that got up every day. They went and earned what the, whatever the yearly or weekly wage was. They came back, they put food on the table, the kids was clean, they got stuff. What we've become is we've become people that the only true form of success is to become a world champion or a, mm. a footballer on X amount of million a day, and then we can slag him off for being a wanker, or we can slag her off because she's a great singer for being a slag. Yeah, you're a slag, you. I mean, you know what? You you might have long legs, but I bet your shit stinks. And you think to yourself, really? What happened to the day of everybody succeeding by becoming? A firefighter, what a job, mm -hmm. a firefighter or a plumber. Whereas somebody says, a plumber, I went, well, your heating, is your heating ever broke down in the winter? <laughs> Mate, when that bloke comes and gets that winter, that gets that boiler working, that's some kind of hero. And people are entitled. I, I this self roasting we should aim big. But just because you train hard doesn't mean you're entitled to be a world champion. It doesn't mean you've done a college course or university course. You're entitled being the MD. That you've got to sacrifice. Sometimes anyone who's ever told you that life is fair is a liar. They're blatantly lied to your face. You know what I mean? You've got to work hard, try hard, fail hard, and more you fail, more you learn, and just keep going until you get to some yeah. form of happiness. I had a, I, and you remember him, you both must remember him. I had a laddie called Tommy Eakinbottom who boxed for us, who'd been a, a kickboxer and great kid, great kid. My little mate, I carry him everywhere. But I got him, I got him on me, uh, me, me key ring, and whenever I go in the world, I take it, take it off my keys, and I put it in my pocket. Whenever uh, not many people know that when I go internationally, I put his name, I put his little photo with me in my pocket, and 
I talk to it when I'm going down there because I'm absolutely shitting myself, like, you know, in, in the international event, and I'm shitting that my lad might get hurt or he might get ripped off or whatever. It's... We've all got to set our goals. People don't know about Thomas Hickenbottom, by the way. Thomas Hickenbottom boxed for us up to, like, a 14. He was absolute star. Lost one belt. Freak accident when he was coming down here to train with us. Uh, got killed in a freak accident. He stripped the art out of the club and We've recovered, but we've never forgotten. And um, the patron saint is the patron. It's everything. And you'll hear me bellow in the gym at um, at GB or if I'm boxing somewhere, you'll hear me say, Come on, Hicking Bottom Shuffle. He's just somebody that inspired me because every day Tom succeeded. He got out of bed. And, and when I say succeeded, because every day he had a belly laugh. Now, what a thing to achieve each day. If you just get out of bed and you do something that makes you laugh, but doesn't only make you laugh, makes everybody laugh. And his laugh was, con it was just infectious. That he would just, be you're talking about a 13-year-old child that's still with, with me. But that success, talking on from, from, from Tom, that's a success to get up every day and just to make somebody laugh. And that's a gift that I've always had that in the gym, I'll be giving them a right bollocking or I'll be giving them a Spartacus talk or or something like that. And then I'll come out and I'll rip the piss out of somebody and everybody falls about laughing. And Find out what's going to win, not just the competition, but what's going to make you feel good. Well, Dad, thank you ever so much for coming I've on loved today. it. I've loved it. I've loved it. Um... Tomorrow, we have got our support group that we do every Wednesday from here at the Lions ABC, 7pm till 9pm. It's for free, so come up and have a chat. Got a lovely bunch of people up here where we join every week. On Thursday, we've got two blokes coming in. Oh, I can't remember the name. <laughs> Andy, he's going to put that over to me and look then. <laughs> nor can I. <laughs> but we're going to be talking about domestic abuse for men. For men, yes. For men. A bit of a different conversation to, to our usual one. You know, we, we've had um, Black, Country Women's, Black Country Women's Aid, Debbie from there, and Raj. Raj uh, talk, and that was, majority of that was about women's domestic abuse, wasn't it? So... Yeah, we're, we're going at it from another angle and it's going to be a really interesting conversation. So tune in on Thursday, 7 till 9. 7 till 9 and that's on Black Country Extra. We're also soon going to be talk, uh, having Andy Plant on someone from Black Country Women's Aid, uh, ask Mark. Because, you know, this is something, domestic abuse affects all sexes and uh, men, women. So we're just shining the light on it because I know so many blokes, you know, from big gorillas to being picked on and being bullied and... It's so difficult because bullying in any form is wrong. So what we're doing is shedding a light on it. We've also been sharing uh, the 24 hours um, helpline, haven't we? I will send that over to so advertising on here as well. Yes, I've, I'll been, I've been doing it on Instagram and on Facebook because uh, by having uh, Dave Stocks on the other day, we we're unaware that there is um, a 24-hour helpline out there, so I will share that. The mental health that is in the black country. And there is crisis, uh, crisis cafes, but we're going to go into the roots of trying to get someone on, as we always do. And if anyone has ever got any people who want to come on as guests, please uh, get in touch with us because, you know, every story is worth sharing. Dad, I'm going to put you on the spot. to put everyone on the spot. If you want any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through? Yeah, um, and they mainly came from my mother and my father. If you want to believe in somebody... To get you through the day, believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself. 
And when you've done an achievement, no matter how small it is, take the time to enjoy it. And then, you know what? Little things lead to big things, and big things lead to massive things. So just take the time to enjoy any any kind of achievement because it's bloody great when you do, rather than I could have been better. Just enjoy it. So, guys, until we see each other next time, take care of yourselves and each other. Tararabit. God love you. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen, listen.